bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of judgment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields filling in for Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. And if you all haven't been down here uh, to the new avenue in, in the heart of downtown, you ought to, you ought to come. Uh, the food is delicious. Uh, the atmosphere is cool. It's great. Um, you know, Tasha and I, when we were here, I think we ate here every night. It, delicious. Uh, you guys got to try the, the hot dog. What's the hot dog? Uh, oh, oh, uh, I should know. Zach, it, what's the hot dog it, place? Uh, dog City. Dog, dog City. City. It's yeah. the only black-owned uh, vendor here. Yeah, Pastor. Mm-hmm. I get for this, Pastor Hughes. Ken, Pastor Hughes. Okay. Uh, good, good brother, man. Um, and the food is delicious. Um, so you all make sure you come down um, and 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 frequent the businesses. Uh, to my man Omar Sheik, who I think is the big wig down here. Omar always sees me and mm-hmm. um, good people. Uh, so Omar, Kayla Haywood, those dudes. Uh, make sure you come down and spend some money. So we are here with. Very good friend, dear friend, the state representative for the 11th Assembly District, Dora Drake. And we were talking about, you know, what $6.6 billion uh, surplus and, and sort of a continuation from yesterday. And shout out to uh, Mayor Chevy, uh, County Executive David Crowley, for talking with leaders in the Republican mm-hmm. legislature about what to do. And, and I said yesterday, and we've talked about this, D, Robin Voss, Speaker of the Assembly, um, you know, arguably one of maybe top two most powerful men in the state of Wisconsin yeah. was saying that he would like to work together. And and Robin is not one of those people who lies. Right. Like Robin, for me, I don't know about anybody else, but I've always told people <laughs> Robin ain't never lied to me. And I said this because I was telling one of my board members, I said, Robin got so much power. He ain't got to lie. Mm. In fact, I've, when I, I, Robin and I came in at the same time, Robin was the kind of person who would tell you, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to jack you up and screw you up over here because he had that kind of power. Now, I don't, maybe he's changed. I, I don't know, but a <laughs> 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 little bit, little bit. <laughs> Back in the day, he lied to me. I was, 
<laughs> I think some of the slur speeches might be too embellished. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> a little over I, the top. A little over the top. Look, I still got to work at this state, Jason. Right, right, you don't. Right. So. Right, 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 right. Still some strategy going on. Yeah. But he he did say, listen, I'm, I'm willing to work, you know, and I mean, it's a fair question. Do you think we are doing or do you think we're sending the right signs to say, mm-hmm. okay, we're serious about getting more money from the state because Milwaukee yeah. is getting screwed. I mean, well, we are. Yeah. And to answer your question, um, I think we are taking the steps that should have been taken a long time ago. Um, I know. Well, and I give my kudos to County Exec. Count uh, David Crawley and Mayor Cavalier Johnson because prior to, um, at least I know um, the mayor. You know there wasn't a lot of dialogue. You know with some of the leaders at they this day. They couldn't stand Tom Barrett. <laughs> no, they, they couldn't. couldn't. Stand, stand. But so now, especially, I mean, y'all, we're our city and counties that we will be bankrupt. You know, and that's what we're facing. And whether folks across the state are, you know, like this or not. Now you've walk- been in these rooms, so this ain't you ain't this ain't no. No, I ain't you talking ain't saying, out right. You no, ain't this, 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 no, this this is what it is. This is real. This is, <laughs> this is real, y'all. So in terms of. You know what Milwaukee does, not only obviously for us and our own families and the people that we love, but for this state, Milwaukee funds. We are the economic heartbeat of the state. Without Milwaukee, the rest of the state, you know, fails. And so I know Republican leaders at the state understand that and having that open dialogue of figuring out, okay, what can we do to start, you know, talking what that looks like is, I think, a great step. And I know that there are other, um, you know, Corporate uh, folks in the corporate space too saying, "Hey, Milwaukee's in trouble, right? So this isn't a crying wolf. This isn't, you know, just trying to make noise. This is a real thing." And so I think having that support not only from um, you know our corporate uh, community, obviously people in our community have been saying this for years when it comes to shared revenue, because however it was decided in the past before you and I were even there, shared revenue is just a way of local municipalities like your county, your city government, being able to um, address uh, funds and that way they can provide the services you like, like shoveling your snow when there's a blizzard or picking up your trash or even funding for different services, whether it's the parks, schools, all of that. So when we can't raise those funds to support things we need here, law enforcement too, that we have to go to the state to ask for that. And they're, you know, over the years, we have yet to get the funding that Milwaukee needs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even deserves at this point. We need it because we will be in a really tight situation. And knowing that not only is it happening here, but, you know, in those conversations, especially past summer, you know, it's happening in different areas and local municipalities everywhere. So I will say that, one, the outreach was, I think, pivotal Yeah, is because that hasn't been there before for a long time. And so I do believe that we are in the right direction. Obviously, I know I and other um, electives from the Milwaukee area are advocating for this because we know that we need it. Um, and I hope that, you know, especially as the budget process is coming up, I don't see any reason why this shouldn't be passed because, quite frankly, everyone knows if Milwaukee doesn't have what it needs our state will fail. And it's just the reality, whether people in different areas of the state like to acknowledge it or not. And, you know, and again, to their credit, I saw, you know, that the the mayor from Milwaukee, the mayor of Madison, where I'm at, uh, the county exec, 
uh, in the county executive in Dane County. I think all four of them met with Robin. And and I do think, and knowing all four of them, um, again, good people. Mm-hmm. Um, my concern is they're not, they're, none of them are, you know, not strong business mm. folks, I right? See. And, 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 and not that you have to be. Right. But I do think that when you you have to start be very very innovative, and my uh, my concern is that when we have to start making tough decisions, mm-hmm. will those decisions get made? Yeah. If we have if if the message is hey, we're going to do some things to show you that we're dead serious about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I wonder if they'll be in a position to step up or. You know, when cuts start coming, everybody starts fighting, and rightfully so. People oh, start right. protecting their stuff, and mm-hmm. as they should. Mm-hmm. But will you will you succumb to? Hey, we need to keep this. When yeah. quite honestly, you're not getting a return on investment there. Yeah. Um. And how will you come up with that game plan? Will you talk? Will you have the first off? Will you have the right people at the room in the room at the table with you? That's a huge concern for me. I would say that's probably one of the biggest things, concern. right? Be- well, for me, right, especially with where our city set, even with our state, um, th- I know that there's a lot of great, well-meaning folks that do great work here and, you know, mm-hmm. here and there in their own capacity. But they shouldn't be making business decisions. I'll say no. It. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> hell, we love everybody, but y'all shouldn't be at the table making no business decisions on a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Stick around, stick with the ten thousand, but yeah. be. be and and I say that just because there is a level of, hey, you you need to be at a certain level mm-hmm. when we start talking about this stuff, and not just at a level to have the conversations, but to know how to move money to get to the programs that will really get you the best return on an investment. Yeah. If we are not talking about how we bring together these kids and get these kids to a point where they're in trades and investing. If they know how to read and write, we don't even, let's not even talk about literacy. We're going to get to, we're going to get to literacy before oh, we leave. We're going to get to education before we leave. But at a point where you can get more people paying into the system, mm-hmm. if you're not even having programs or strategies about how you do that. Yeah. And that's a problem. And granted, like I said, like my background's been in criminal justice, social services, this, then the other. But I can also assure you, too, that if folks had the means for economic, you know, wealth, a lot of those things wouldn't you you won't be in survival mode at that point. Because now that you know you can put food on the table, your family's safe, you're safe. Now you can be open to other things like, oh, what's going on in the community? Oh, there's this great idea that I have that I maybe should implement. And so when we talk about improving and moving forward Economics has to be at the heart of that, whether we like to talk about it or not. D, we're going to have more of this conversation on the other side. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Oh, 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 oh,
This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields, filling in for the great Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. And our guest today is State Representative Dora Drake of the 11th Assembly District. Good afternoon, y'all. And we've been touching base about, again, just the $6.6 billion surplus. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you've mentioned that, you know, you... Kudos to the mayor and the county executive for starting a discussion because Absolutely, you and yeah. I both know, as you you know, they they they, they could care less for the last regime. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. they, they didn't care for the last regime. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> so the fact that they're talking is a very good sign in our world. <laughs> the fact that they're talking to the two brothers is, is a good sign. It is. And, and shout out to um, somebody sent this to me. Dale, rep, former Senator Dale Cuyanga. Yes. Now he has been pivotal in this, and I will give kudos to him. Um, when he was in the legislature, um, he was the one of the first senators that I reached out to um, on the Republican side because I sensed that there was some way we could work together. Yeah. And when it came to this issue, he was one of the first that from his side saying, hey, we really should do something about this. And he, I heard he got some flack, you know, but honestly, when it— it takes leaders to say to do what needs to be said, and for that, I will respect him for what he did. You know, man, I'll say this about Dale, um, and shout out to Dale for. I think I mean it may be public. Dale is now the senior VP at MMAC. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and congratulations to him. Who's 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 good people, man? We can yeah. all disagree, but I remember uh, being in the hallway, and he was just bummed out, man. He he mm. was just like, Jay, I'm tired, and he was like, I'm out here trying to do good stuff and all this partisan stuff gets in the way. He's like, you lot. know, my, and he used to, and he was like, you know, my folks are just, you know, he take credit like you and I, when, you know, it's one thing to bash the other side. That's mm-hmm. easy to do. Right. But when your people wrong, <laughs> it's very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? When your folk wrong, yeah. you can't just be like, you know, we, we batting 1000. Nah, we, you, we messing up too sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's good that he will be in, I think, I, I think in that position cause he knows Chevy, he knows David, um, he knows you all and he's been there. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and the fact that he's not necessarily from Milwaukee, but he did represent a small, I think, I believe a small, small portion, portion. Yeah. So he gets it. So shout out. Um, do you think we're, do you think they will be able to come up with enough innovative ways to send that message? Now, that is the question because I know that should be on the table, right? So what I mean by that, obviously, the budget process hasn't officially started in terms of, you know, one being proposed, you know, and us getting on board and then obviously having our discussions, what should be in the budget, what shouldn't. But one thing that I know we aren't necessarily talking about is the role of how technology innovation really should be playing a role in it. Yep. And- just to give you context of what I've seen in the rooms that I've been in, um, there was a call, a briefing that they had with some of the, you know, state elected, so you know, that um, a department with the um, federal government had when it comes to artificial artificial intelligence or AI. So folks like, oh, I don't know what that is. AI is that stuff when you say, hey, Siri on your iPhone, mm-hmm. that's AI, all the... Um, I think there's an app saying, oh, we want to do AI, get your portraits. And I saw whole folks, you know, downloading that. <laughs> that's AI. So just to give context that you guys, you know, that's very prevalent. And the things that technology can do 
can either be the greatest tool that we use, especially when it comes to civil right, um, civil rights, or it can be the greatest weapon. Yeah. And what I mean by that is in different states, um, and even conservative states, they're actually using virtual reality as a way to um, help folks that are coming back home from prison get acclimated to knowing what the job interview would be like, what it means to just get used going to the grocery store, making decisions for themselves. And I believe that they're seeing success in using that. But I've also seen it where there have been cases where folks that maybe have been on Medicare, Medicaid, public benefits that they've had for years, and then when someone used the algorithm instead, what happens is now they're removed. So then when you have attorneys trying to come and advocate for those folks saying, look, they've had these benefits for this long, why don't they have them? Judges can't argue and say, well, there's no bias, so we don't see what went wrong. Mm. The problem is, and I will recommend this documentary, I believe it's called Coded Bias. Mm-hmm. And in this documentary, it was, um, was I'm going to mess up, I believe it was an African or black woman who was from MIT, was asked to do a review of their AI products from companies like IBM, the top tier in our country. And what she found out was when she put her face in front of the device, it didn't recognize her face at all. I think I remember something. Right. But then when you had a blank white mask put over her face, it recognized it. So when you have folks code, yes, it's supposed to mean, you know, it's just mathematics. There's no bias involved. But the matter is who creates the code has the bias. So when we're not in invested or when we blow off and say, oh, being intelligence for white folks, or we don't want to get involved in tech or something, we don't trust medicine. That's what we're doing to ourselves. And we can literally be at the crux of creating something beautiful that can be used in so many ways, or we can be left behind and then we pay the penalty for it. And in a state like Wisconsin, I know, and you know this, Jay, uh, Milwaukee, Madison, even the Green Bay area have been talking about ways where They make those cities tech hub stations, right? And I don't know if y'all know it or not, but water is a hot commodity, and we are next to one of the largest ones. So give it 10, 20 years, people will be flocking here, and there are folks flocking from Silicon Valley and East Coast already coming here. But if we don't have those pieces together, then we're going to lose, and it's going to hurt all of us. You know, there was. it's funny that you say that because there was an article I was reading today and it's a, it was number no, the two of our metro cities made the number two places for people to retire. It was it was Milwaukee, I think, was one. Madison was number two. Mm-hmm. So that means people are retiring here. Yeah. Um, and there is and what I'm trying to do. And I think and I know you, you have that same passion as well is get us ready yeah. for the level up, because if we don't start leveling up and having strategies put in place, mm-hmm. we will get left behind. The whole AI position, who's coding it and who's building and Mm -hmm. putting in the inputs, that matters. So let's talk about literacy because I think it's a great transition and just education, period. If we don't start getting our kids enrolled in these kinds of things, Mm -hmm. then we will be the ones that lose out. Yeah. And we've all heard this. You know, if America gets a cold, black people get the flu. So then if we know that, and I want to ask you this question, Dee, why do you think, what, what do you think prevents us from making that leap? 
I think specifically Milwaukee, I think people have just given up. So when you're in a city like Milwaukee, when you hear people talk about, man, it used to be so beautiful here. It didn't used to be like this in our schools. There's something happened. What I see is like something happened where people feel like they're not invested in. There's generational trauma that has been passed down where folks don't address it. And I think it boils down to being nervous about changing because these whole past couple of years from 2020 to now, we have changed and we are still changing. And I think it boils down to if we are ready to change with it, despite how uncomfortable it gets. And knowing that if we go with the change, we're going to be supported. Because I think we, I mean, we know what it is. Like, you know, we know the stats of what Milwaukee is. We know what we've, you know, it's still no secret that we have the highest rate of incarcerated men here. And I think now we're one of the worst, if not the worst state for literacy, especially for black and brown children. So you can go down the list, right? Home ownership, this, any other. And I think people get so bogged down by that, that their thought is, well, you know, just talk, you know, mad crap about it or you leave. Mm. There's not, I don't think enough people that see the beauty and know the people that are working towards it. And then on, on that's on us then, where are we doing making sure that those folks are invested in so they stay here? Because we don't do a good job of that either. It's people that we like, you know that we I cool feel. with. You know and then if that. you're not in our you, circle, then... You know how I feel about... If y'all keep giving the same people a freaking award, yeah. I swear to Lord, I'm so <laughs> Stop giving the same freaking people awards. It's other people out here. You know, personally, that, 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 that burns me up. Yeah. Not because I want some stuff, but... I do think, you know, it's it's a slap in the face to people who are working hard mm-hmm. and people who are who don't get the credit. Yeah. And I think you got to be intentional about trying to find those people you have because to. it's freaking lazy to every annual banquet. It's the same freaking names, man. It's just lazy. Mm-hmm. Um and some of these folk, yo, they've been getting awards for the last 30 years. I ain't saying they don't deserve them. But let's not act like you don't have a group of people in the community, from community organizers to new business people doing mm-hmm. some stuff. And I'm talking about the people who not in the cliques. Yeah. Who didn't get the blessed, who didn't get the kiss, you know, on the cheek by, by well, all the people that's made. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, I could talk to that because, y'all, I know for me and my personal story, Politics sort of fell in my lap. I was not searching the. No, for you this. wasn't. In every blue moon, you revive me, Jay. What the? <laughs> <laughs> what you like? <laughs> but for real, y'all. So, like, for me, and I think many of my core group, which are millennials, whether you hate us or not, we here. So let me just. I need to put that out there. But you know, we do want to do that, and I know, you know, in my time at Justice Point and figuring out, okay, what's the next step for me? I was trying to look into law school. It didn't work out the way that I thought it would. And I was struggling to figure out what my niche is. Mm -hmm. And so for folks like me who want to be part of things, who want not just a job, because I know people are saying, oh, we don't have enough jobs. Well, no, people want to make sure that they're somewhere they're valued, that they actually have a well-paying job so they can support their family. And on top of that, opportunities to grow, to be in management, to be on boards, to have leadership positions and not just, you know, have an entry level job. We don't do a good job of promoting people above us. And I think that, and I think that's a cultural thing here in Milwaukee. And I think it really boils down to if people can, again, tangibly see 
the impacts of seeing things growing and moving, then I think people can start to get energized again and hopeful and get more involved. Do you but, think we have so much trauma that is just, and trauma in a number of areas. Yeah. I mean, um, from education. And I tell the story when I first got into office, uh, John Gard, who was the Speaker of the House, at the time came to my came to my office. They said, I don't understand if what was happening in my my white neighborhood mm-hmm. or city, he said, we'd be in uproar. We'd be he said, I don't understand why people in the community are not beating down the doors on yeah. why they kids are not year after year. Mm-hmm. And it's not just it's because I don't and I think one of our issues is, and I and I'm, I'm I want you to respond to this. We have this thing where Teachers are blaming parents, parents blaming teachers, principals blaming the VPs. It's a, it's a circle. And I'm, and at some point, you got to get to, whenever you point a finger at somebody, it's three pointing back at you. Yeah. So it's all of us. It is. And I think that's where we need to get to, right? Because I know that regardless where folks stay, you know, feel the, you know, education debate, my thought is, what what are we doing for our kids, right? Yep. If we don't invest in them, if we don't make sure that they read and write in whatever capacity, whether that's an educator, whether that's a parent, and even if you're a community member, because we have a role in playing this too. What happens when we just sort of like, well, it's not me. You see what we're happening, what we're seeing now. And that's the aftermath of that. So when we want to get upset about what's happening, whether it's Kia boys, you know, the crime and the youth and them thinking, you realize they watch after what we have or haven't provided for them. That's on us. Mm-hmm. And it's on us to fix, not only us to fix that, but to empower them to know that they have a voice and to use it. Do you think, so two, how many, two terms you've been? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, two, no, this will be the start of my second term. Second term. Yeah. Um, you know, education, mm-hmm. is it is it more political than you thought it would be? Yes. Um, and I will say that my experience with helping with the local school board race honestly alluded to that mm-hmm. you know when i was first like i said it really fell in my lap because that's how he and i you know jason and i met it was i thought out of all the issues right it's the kids it shouldn't be politicized we <laughs> want to make sure all kids be right that they're loved that they're cared for and oh my goodness me was i, I so wrong <laughs> I, I remember looking at you like uh naivete <laughs> <laughs> Youth of America. <laughs> yeah, y'all, I didn't know. I did not know what I was getting myself into, but I'm grateful for that. D, hold on, because I want you to come back to that. <laughs> More of the conversation on the other side. This is the Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth. This is the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Still a realest nail in the room I break the internet top two And I ain't number two My body, my ice, my cash Y'all real, I'm a triple threat Tear that up and then leave Come back, tear that up and leave again Talk about the coupe and it look like Frank Nick In the hood hollering free me Too deep, it's just me and Jay Just both and then them cold sides Woo, I like holla Woo, I might roller If they're trying to party This is the truth in the afternoon With Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth Live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields, filling in for Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. 
And we have a special guest, uh, State Representative Dora Drake of the 11th Assembly District. And the question on the table was, you know, did you think education would be as political mm-hmm. as it is? Uh, and unfortunately, yes, it's because that's where a lot of the funding goes to or should. Right. And so it's unfortunate. And as I think I was telling you earlier that I'm glad that I had the experience of helping out with um, Shiley Deacon, who ran for school board, I think, in 2019, because locally I saw just how political it gets and honestly how ugly it gets. Yeah. Right. And so when you talk about, you know, education and investing in it, you know, for me, I know the importance of what public schools do offer. Right. Mm-hmm. But I also know that every child needs something different. And that was very much my story with my own family. And so my approach is you need to do what's just best for the kids and what the families are advocating for. Now, if we're talking about what happened last year and there was a bill introduced to completely, you know, dismantle NPS altogether, y'all, that's not a solution. That <laughs> let me that is not we cannot do that. That is not helping our families. That is not solving the problem. That was just a political stunt trying to put, you know, force your foot down, right? And I do believe that there are some great folks locally um, that are trying to do great work for our schools and our school board. But at some point, and I think you touched on this earlier, it doesn't, it shouldn't come down to, oh, you're not doing this, you're not doing this, whether it's teachers, administrators, parents. It really boils down to what are we all collectively willing to do to making sure our kids can read and write? Is because if they don't have that, then you're going to make it more easier for folks to get into the prison you right. know, pipeline, which I've seen firsthand. You're going to make it where folks, not folks, kids, you know, get into the wrong crowds. You're going to create more Kia boys, Kia girls, whatever that is. And you're not going to have the, the ability to making sure our future secure. You know, we're here, but at some point we're going to be gone. And the youth are going to be coming up after us. And so we're not investing them in making sure that they know how to read and write, that there is adequate funding and support for educators, curriculum, whatever it may be, then we're shooting ourselves in the foot. And for something like that, I, you know, obviously I'm being extremely optimistic when I say this, but at some point something's got to give and it has to be them first. You know, I I think one of the things that we talked about off air was your journey and, Mm -hmm. you know, just coming up to it. And you were you were ready to go. Yeah. You 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 you, packing your bags. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm kind of ready to go in when I was helping out the campaign because it was a lot. Let me make that clear. (laughs) Um, But it's because, guys, this work is hard. You're dealing with folks that have different agendas, different belief systems. And then when it comes to black children and brown children, y'all, not everyone is going to advocate for them. Mm -hmm. And that's just the reality. So when you're trying to advocate for what you know you believe in, what you believe is best for kids, and then making sure that whatever needs to be addressed to making sure that it's equitable for our black and brown children, those are battles that are fought not just one day. And it's tiresome. It takes time. But knowing what the outcome can be and should be is what makes it worth it. But it's going to take everybody. I know, you know, I'm a huge proponent of letting folks know you should know who your local school board member, your county supervisor, your alder, state rep, senator, mayor. You should know all of these names by the back of your hand. And if you don't, 
that's where we need to start. Yeah. And then we can move forward and say, okay, now we need to vote in every election, not just presidential, but also we have a school board race coming up and Alder on that same ballot in April. And I doubt that pe- there, most folks are following it. Get involved and know who's going to be running to represent you. You know, I, I'm a firm believer. I, I think if you're not a part of the solution, then we got to determine if you're part of the problem. And some of that is mm-hmm. you don't get to complain if you don't take certain actions. I, I just, agree. I just don't, you know, if you're not in the game, one that's lazy, mm-hmm. um, because you don't get to complain when some knucklehead get into office and start doing stupid stuff. Yep. But y'all put them there. Exactly. Because either you voted or didn't vote. Yeah. Um, Right. And, and and when you not vote, trust me, that's that's a vote. <laughs> it definitely is a vote. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you not vote, there's a vote. Trust me, it's a vote for somebody. Um, do you think that, you know, when you look at all the ills that we have, how do you remain optimistic? Well, frankly, and this is I'm just talking personally outside of my capacity. You know, it's my faith that keeps me grounded if I can be real with y'all. Um, but after that, it's making sure I have people, at least in my own corner, that have the same end goal that want to be seen, right? You know, seeing that our community is thriving, not just for one sector of the city, not just for one demographic, for everybody. And for me personally, having a sensitivity towards our minority communities is because historically and still they're underserved, under you know, whatever that's funding, support, and in terms of moving forward, finding those partners, you know, whether it's colleagues, whether it's people, you know, in the public sector, private, that want to do work, that's what keeps me going. And also, too, honestly, when I do doors in my district and I talk to my constituents, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times those days where I was, like, ready to be like, this is a lot. I don't know if I can get tangible things done for the district. And I have one of my constituents remind me, encourage me while I was there. And so I really do believe that takes everybody, but, um, you know, the people that I care about, like obviously family, close friends, you and the people that, you know, we're close with and the people I talk with in my community, knowing that they're doing great work and seeing the potential that can be happening, that can happen and what I can do to help push that forward is what keeps me going. What was the most rewarding part of it? And then oh, man. the most negative. I mean, and I know it's a bunch of negatives. But <laughs> I know it's a bunch of negatives. Let me do the negative so I can end on the positive. <laughs> so I think in last term, the most negative was that gerrymandered vote yeah. uh, for redistricting. And so redistricting is where every 10 years, we, um, based on census data, we redraw the lines in Wisconsin. It's drawn in a way where it favors a political party over the other which obviously skews like our democracy at its core, which is a problem. But what also is a problem is when you are pushing potential maps, potential district lines that are minimizing what we already have, which is majority minority seats, you know, and for those that's where it's majority of, you know, minorities in that community. And we are willing to make it competitive for the sake of partisanship, that's where I have an issue. It's because you can't tell me that there are folks that can adequately advocate 
for the concerns that we have in our own community without having to pick and choose. Black electives, we don't get to choose which issues we want to advocate or not advocate when it comes to us. But other electeds can and they do. And I saw that. Because we lost during the transition from me to you, we lost several um, black elected seats. Madison gained some, but we lost. We we didn't. So in this round, we haven't. So we still kept our uh, majority minority seats here. Okay. The maps that, but what we did is we did lose more um, Democrat seats, which is, again, so a problem because it's skewed towards, you know, one party over the other. D, hold on. We're going to come back and have more of this conversation on, on, the, on the other side. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app at 1017thetruth.com. This is the truth of the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from American Family Insurance Studio in the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields, filling in for Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. Y'all should see Zach in the studios. That is, it's lit up in the can, truth. Can I just say earlier that was the song I was referring to? So you found a way to get on the air, and I appreciate that. Let me just say that. <laughs> so as we close out with State Representative Dora Drake, um, you, you you mentioned the the the, the negative the gerrymandering, yeah. which is probably the worst time as a state yeah. legislator, just because you know it's political, you're losing power, mm-hmm. and there's so many nuances and games behind right. that. Um, you mentioned something, and I, I want to give you a time a chance to air this out. Oh boy! No, nah, it, it's just <laughs> you're gonna get me in trouble. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah. but because I think everybody is on there, but I want to hear you. You, you said we got to stop electing black folks just because they black. I mean, and that, and that is Tasha once said to me, she said she was I don't know. She was watching something and she said, Jason, here's the difference of what she said she saw. Mm-hmm. Black folks tell black leaders, hey, we want you to do this. We want this. We want that. And then they just that's it. They yeah. they white folks say, hey, we want you to do this, do that. But then they stand behind them. People, they show mm-hmm. up and all that. And I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. I I, I, I I, I think being in these positions, there yeah. are times where we can say that's true. Right. But you've seen this now. Mm-hmm. Comment on that. <laughs> My comment on is we can only go so far as to elect folks from our community just to say we did it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's real work to be done, you know, whether it's incarceration, education, business innovation, housing and home ownership. And so at some point, we collectively when we have folks that we want to come up and say we want to be your leader we need to if we're going to give you the chance then we sort of like honestly what you said stand behind them check on them but if you're not following suit at some point when are we going to say that we deserve better Mm -hmm. and i firmly believe that we don't do a good enough job of advocating for things that we know we should have. We love talking about it. Oh, we talk about it for days, but to actually put in the work is different. And I think 
if we're sick and tired and sick and tired of the issues that we're seeing, then we're going to see that. And so as we as we wrap up, we've got about two minutes. I want to leave on a positive yep. note. The, the best thing, so, so two, two second term. Mm-hmm. Jesus seems so long. I, 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 I got you serving six years already. Oh, Lord, no. But <laughs> <laughs> the positive best thing since since you've been in office. So the best things, one, have been doing, going to events in my district. Like, I've seen folks who are doing great work around supporting women, you mm-hmm. know, with birthing to um, even personally, I thought that I wouldn't be able to get certain bills signed into law. Idealists, like, you know, I'm just going to try to get 10 bills, maybe. Y'all, I doubled that, you know, last year in a bipartisan way. Didn't y'all, get a, y'all welcome. Y'all welcome. Oh. <laughs> y'all welcome. Anywho. <laughs> but no, so like personally, you know, there it was good to see that there was some movement where obviously these weren't bills that, um, you know, we talk about that could be life changing for the masses. But the bills that I was able to pass did do great work. Things, whether it was encouraging mixed-use development for housing, whether it was Great providing uh, support for charitable clinics, or helping restaurant and business owners uh, have additional grants that was in line with federal um, language. Those are still wins because those helped business owners, everyday people like you. And really what it boils down to is when we hear stories, at least when I hear stories of people calling saying, thank you so much for making sure that I got my unemployment because I didn't know what I would do if I didn't get it. That's what keeps me going. Yeah, I do remember you. you yeah. That was one of your one of the things you ta- you tackled when you first got in. Cause that, that was, was the a, first thing. Yeah, it was that a was a huge issue. thing. Yeah. Um, and kudos. I, I remember you talking about talking about. It. I was like, oh, thank God. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember. Woo, thank God I ain't doing it. <laughs> Thank you, Nora Drake. Yeah. <laughs> so still think you swindled me, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because you you took that on. I was like, woo, that's a tough one. But and kudos mm-hmm. to you for um, you know, just being the woman of God that you are, uh, for being the, the you know, the passion, the friend, um, and doing the work. And so uh we wanna thank you and thank you for having me. Anytime. And so thank you all for listening to me you guys got two more days tomorrow's my wife's birthday and so zach we're gonna do ndre um make it a, a special day and i have a guest coming in the next two days talking about venture capital money access and then friday some young black folks around gaming uh we really got to talk about how are we getting and preparing our kids for the jobs of the future mm-hmm. representative drake mentioned the coding and things of that nature and so I think you all can see why me and Representative Drake get along because the same stuff that she's talking about, we've been talking about. And where I'm from, we don't talk about the stuff we want to do. We are doing the things that we talk about. So this is Jason Fields signing off. This is the Ken Harris, Dr. Ken Harris, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. See you tomorrow.